My guest today is a comedian friend of mine. I met uh, several years ago when I was running the show uh, for for a little bit down in downtown Toledo. Uh, he came on and headlined the show for us one time. But we we uh, initially talk about nerd out about guns. We talk a lot about uh, so different social issues, uh, politics. Get into album his his comedy albums. You know, just meeting people, different shows he's at, uh, why he does comedy, goals. We talk a lot about uh, um, you know his day job. So it's a really it's a really neat episode. Um, please check out uh, the other show on the Nerdball Network. Three different dads. It gets released every Wednesday morning. We um, we've had some really good episodes. Um, so so please check that out. Uh, if you want to reach up this podcast, the Nerdball Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So uh, please reach out uh, if you want to be on the show. You know, reach out to any of those things. I'm always looking for more guests. Um, my guest Thursday is the. I'll give a little teaser. She's an Olympic gold medalist. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm excited for for both these episodes this week. I have a full slate already booked for February for February. Um, so that's that's awesome to look forward to. I think they're all in studio also, uh, so that's great. Uh, again, the studio space, um, can't thank uh, Fort Max CrossFit uh, enough for allowing me to be in their studio space. So um, please reach out to them, fortmaxcrossfit.com. Uh, without further ado, here's my guest. Uh, this is Robert Jenkins, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Awesome. Thanks, Robert, for uh, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, no, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, we met uh, when I used to do comedy. Uh, I don't do mm-hmm. it anymore. Um, but I had, uh, I think maybe even the first time we met was maybe when I had you out to, to, to Toledo when we were doing a show out At there. At bar, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's yeah. the first time we met in person, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, but but uh, you've been doing comedy for for a while now, right? Yeah, I think uh, it's been ten years. July twenty twelve, so going okay. on eleven years. I mean, you count COVID, whether yeah. or not you know, but and, and on that, the that, calendar, yeah, ten years. I think that's the easiest way to do it. There's always like when you've been like ten years from now, you're like, well, I've been doing it for nineteen years or whatever, and you're like, well, that one year, I don't know. It's just what you yeah, think, right? <laughs> um, well, the uh, the first thing I always ask people, um, and some people like you, like, hey, what do we talk about? Uh, what's what, what is your podcast? And um, I'm hesitant to ask them, to tell them this first question because this is the really this is the question I ask everyone: is mm-hmm. what is what is something you've been nerding out about lately? Something you're really into? Uh, if it's movies, books, TV, cooking, you're taking these classes for something. If it's new, you've been doing it your whole life. The only thing is, it can't be about your job. So it, right. it just has to be basically something that gets you away from your job. Okay. Uh, guns. Yeah. You can start there. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's what is I got that? into? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that's something I got into pretty heavy. Uh, starting with COVID, actually. Like, um, well, I guess this kind of relates to comedy in in a, in a weird roundabout way. Yeah. Uh, I want to say about 2013, I got into an incident at a show. Um, I was out in the middle of nowhere. You know, dust bucket, Michigan. And uh, these guys had something to say, you know, and I carried a switchblade at the time. Uh, well, not actually not a switchblade, one of those easy open, flick open kind of knives. Yeah. 
Um, and that was all I had. And I was like, oh, I should probably do something about that. Mm-hmm. So I went and got my uh, permit. And, you know, I was one of those people when I first got my permit uh, to carry, I would, you know, go to the range every now and again. But then didn't really take it too serious until COVID, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So COVID came around and I turned on television. I live in Lansing. <clears throat> I live in Lansing, Michigan. Okay. So I turn on television. I see these fools outside the Capitol with, with all these guns and shit. And I'm like, oh, I should probably do something. Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, all of them, they out here, you know, camo down, talking about freedom. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. took nothing from them motherfuckers yet, but they <laughs> talking about their freedom. So I said, okay. So I went and got me some guns and then solved the bullet shortage. You know, during that time. Yeah. So, you know, YouTube, I love YouTube. I yeah. fuck with YouTube. That's my favorite. I don't even know if it's a social media platform so much as it's just a video Wikipedia. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I go on there and I learn how to make my own uh, practice rounds. Mm. Now, so now is, there, a, is there a difference? Like you said, practice rounds. Is it? Is that oh, because yeah. it, you could only use it for that? I would imagine you could still hurt somebody with it, right? Yeah, I mean, well, the difference between practice rounds and self-defense rounds is like practice rounds are typical, typically full metal jackets. Okay. So they're just for training purposes. So they go through the target and they're just designed to keep going straight. So that's okay. why you want to shoot uh, at a range or like out somewhere where it's a lot of property or you got like a backstop, you okay. know. Um, self-defense rounds, hollow points. They're designed um, to kill. Okay. So they go in, and it's just like you—you you coach football. You know, yeah. how everybody break. We, they clap and they break the huddle. Yeah. That's what the bullet does. <laughs> what so a good analogy. In, yeah. And it's like break, and all the motherfuckers go everywhere, and okay. so it's taking yeah. chunks out and all that. So you don't want to practice, and also those are expensive. You don't want to practice with those. Yeah. So that's the difference. Okay. All right. So so you. Uh, have you always felt like, cause I know, cause, and just by following you, like one of my favorite things, and, and I really didn't think about it until like, I think you had posted it a while ago where you're like, um, and really the only legislation that happened years ago, I think it was in California when you could like have all these weapons and then black mm-hmm. people started, started getting weapons. Like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Not everybody. Interesting. Interesting. Huh? Yeah. Ain't that yeah. nothing. Yeah. So, so I think I saw that on, on stuff that you would post and like, you know, nothing, uh, nothing will make people change quicker than when people have other people have things that you think you should, you're the only ones that should have. It ain't no fun when the rabbit got to be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, so, you, so you, this is something, like you said, it, it kind of stemmed from an incident. So even before, let's say before that incident, did you always feel like, uh, is it because you grew up in Michigan where you're like, I feel like I should have something on me to protect myself? Well, no, I mean, it just, I got to the point where like, don't nobody don't nobody fight don't nobody scrap no more these days ain't nobody out here throwing hands like it used to be i sound like an old man like (laughs) back in my day you put your hands up boy you put your hands up and you fight boy you live you live to see another day no i'm just bullshitting uh don't nobody do that no more yeah every nobody you know it's a lot of grown men that ain't never even been in the fist fight yeah so ain't nobody doing that and well, I'm as one big as I've, I am. I've never fought anybody, but my dad says it's because my size. People, people aren't gonna. People just leave you alone. Yeah, he? but he, but he says eventually there's gonna be a crazy guy who doesn't care how big you are, and you got, yeah. you know, you got to be ready. 
Yeah, I, shit. I fight dirty too. I kick motherfucking nuts. I don't care. I, I'm you know what? Hell. And it's funny. They they look at me. I, I one time I hit this guy, kicked this guy in his balls, and he looked at me like it was against the rules. Like, nigga, yeah. you fuck with me? Yeah, yeah. No, if if somebody were ever, I'm gonna do whatever I have to. I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like my dad did against me when I got too big for him. He would cheat all the time. You know, so yeah, right. that's what I try to do. Bite a motherfucker. I don't yeah. get shit. That's why, see, that's why you don't bother people. Because if you bother me, anything I do to you is fair. Because you came over here fucking with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I grew up in a crazy neighborhood, you know, violence and all that type of shit. But, like, I didn't really get back into it until I started doing comedy. And then, like, I realized, like, man, I'm, I'm like, six, six, two hundred and... At that time, I was like 265, 270 pounds. So, like, yeah. and most people would see me and leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. So, if you got somebody fucking with me, and chances are it's like it's a trick to it. Either more than one of them or they got a gun. So, I'm like, I should probably get one, too. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, uh, did you have did you have siblings? Yeah, I got, I got an older brother. Uh, yeah, one older brother. He's uh, okay. like six, six or seven years older than me. Okay. So, uh, cause I, I grew up, I grew up in Toledo. Um, mm-hmm. and I mean, we, we lived in an okay neighborhood. I mean, and wherever mm-hmm. you go, you, if you go looking for something you, that you want, you're going to find <laughs> yeah, it. Right. You'll find it. Right. And I had an older brother who would look and find for, look for everything. Um, so uh, I was, ex- was, I was exposed. Trouble, huh? Oh yeah. I was exposed to a lot of things as a, as a kid, you know, all the way up mm-hmm. probably until I was in eighth grade, you know, he was into drugs and alcohol. And, you know, I remember one day he came home all bloody because he got beat up you know talk, mm-hmm. he, he always talked about guns and I, the the local high school i i would ride my bike to to go to my friend's house we would always find bullets and stuff in the parking lot mm-hmm. so like but i'm always interested because and i don't even know why but i just never got into any of that stuff and maybe mm-hmm. it's because like i saw my brother like oh you know subconscious like well i don't want to like get beat up and i don't want to have a gun held in my head right. and i don't want to do right. all that stuff so how do you like how does how do you how did you how do you think you just like went through or maybe you did have a, a few years where you did get into that and you're like nah, i'm good i'm out like how did you get to where you're at now oh man a lot of luck man yeah a lot of luck i was it was you know i had a few times when things could have went bad you know had 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 the wrong thing happen or i made the wrong choice things could have could have got a lot worse could end up a lot worse but um the older i got the more i just kind of like Learn how to quit while I'm ahead. Okay. You know, like, okay, this is, or, you know, I got really good at, for whatever reason, I got really good at leaving right before trouble went down. Like, (laughs) I can see. That is the luck part. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can look and just, you know, because I I watch people, you know, it's funny because I'm observant when it comes to danger and shit, but I'm not observant too much anything else. So, like. (laughs) I can look at people, see how they look at each other, you know, people's body language. I'm like, ah, I probably, yeah, it's about yeah. time to get the fuck on. So yeah. I never, you know, disregarded those instincts. Like whenever I felt like that, I would trust my instincts and I would probably go ahead and go somewhere. And then more often than not, it seemed like the shit, shit went down not too long after I left. So yeah, maybe people start learning, hey, when Robert leaves, that's when we should leave. Yeah, now part of it was because I was calling the police on people. Yeah. But no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm fucking around. I'm fucking around. No. Oh, like, funny. yeah, man, they doing such and such on the end. 
that is that that would go the other way. Like, hey, every time Robert leaves, something bad. The cops come. Right. Ain't that something? Every time that motherfucker leaves, here come the police. That's interesting. <laughs> no. Um, oh, man. It would be something, you know, just yeah. one of those things, man. Sure. Just, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I did your regular high school stuff, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like kids do, but I just, right. I don't know. It, it's, I think it, 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 it had to do with that. And my, my mom was an alcoholic. Uh, well, I guess okay. Technically, that'll, yeah, that'll stop you from yeah. Yeah, technically, um, it, it's so weird to me, and I even asked her that too. I go, Mom, doesn't it feel weird that you have to still call yourself an al- alcoholic? She goes, We are. We're just better now. Like we're we're not. We don't drink anymore. But that's well, the thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. but but that was part of it too. Like my parents uh, party when I was a kid. Either I was either there, uh, and it was just it was, it was as a kid. I look at it now, like okay, well, it was still just beer but that's just what i saw i don't know if anything else just happened i right, can only, say, right, I can only right. say what i saw um but I, I do remember one time specifically uh i was probably seven or eight maybe a little bit older i think uh miller light at the time had under the bottle caps of the glass of the glass um, bottles they had foot nfl football logos mm-hmm. and i was the best you know, nine-year-old bartender because I wanted to collect all these. Caps. All of them, yeah. So I would just pop it, <laughs> popping all of them and like walking around handing beers to all these adults. Like, That's give me funny. these caps, give me these caps. Right. You uh, out here <laughs> aiding and abusing. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, but yeah, it's 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 good to like. I think at some point, like, it's good to to see some of that stuff to know what's out there. Like, there's other things out yeah. there, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I coach in uh, in Perrysburg, and I try to tell these kids as much as I can. Like, the the world that you live in in Perrysburg is so different compared right. to what's out there when you go to college. Even the people you meet, there isn't a lot of diversity in Perrysburg now. It's gotten a lot mm-hmm. better since I was in school 20 years ago here, but. But even that, even interacting with black people or Hispanic people or or whoever, like that is a big deal too to me. And I try to like instill yeah. in these guys, like, hey, when you get out there, it's a lot different, man. So I think even yeah. seeing these bad things. I think the the funny thing is like the world, this may sound kind of simplistic, but the world is such a big place. Wherever you grow up, the rest of the world is different. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you grow up in the middle of New York City or you grow up in a major city and you see all the other stuff, just know that someplace, somewhere on the planet, the exact opposite of what what's going on right now is happening. Yeah. So, like, everywhere is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's get back. I do want to get back to uh, when we first started with guns. Um, where are you at with that now? Like, how many do you have? Because I know, I think at some point, I saw that you had two or three, and I don't know if that's still where you're at, or if you're like still. Yeah, you know. nah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. T- you also you got a few more. I got a few more. Let's just right. let's just say a few more. Okay, got a All few right. more things. <laughs> do you do you make sure, just like with anything, do you make sure to to take time to? Hey, I'm going to go to the range this week and practice with this guy oh, or yeah. that guy, right? Yeah, I have a membership. I got oh. a membership at the range where I'm yeah. at. It's like a monthly fee, and I get unlimited range time so oh nice um yeah they didn't took a loss on that one <laughs> so, <laughs> you just i mean it's just like and there oh, was man, a time when i was going three and four times a week oh really but, yeah i try to go i've been off for a few weeks uh i I went well actually last week i went but before that i had been off like maybe like four or five weeks mm-hmm. um yeah i go like i'll buy a gun i'm not one of these guys that's into collecting like just to have yeah so like 
each one I have, it has a specific purpose. Okay. So like I have uh, one with an optic on it. I have one that I carry, you know, that's my everyday carry gun. And I have, I shoot in uh, shooting competitions. So I have a oh. competition gun and I have, uh, you know, a couple uh, shotguns and whatnot. So okay. like each thing I have is like, there's a reason for it. If I, if I don't have a reason to have it, then I'm not going to buy it. So mm -hmm. now how hard was it for you to buy a gun? Easy. Yeah. Easy. I mean, yeah. it wasn't too, too difficult. Um, I think I got my, you know, so the process for it is basically you go to the gun store and you, know, you say, all right, I want to purchase this gun. So if it's a handgun, so you purchase a gun and they'll take your information and they do a federal like background check. Mm -hmm. And it's completely, you never know how long it's going to take. So it could take five minutes. It could, they could hold it and make you come back a couple of days later. Um, but it shouldn't take no more than like two or three days. Okay. And if they don't hear it, if they don't get a rejection, then you're allowed to proceed. Basically, that's how it goes. Um, so for me, normally don't take any more than like a half hour or 20 minutes or something for the front of my background. So after that, I mean, it's, it's yours. And you got, they give you like a registration and you got to turn the registration into the county's office. Uh, the county sheriff, and then that's pretty much it. Do they let you buy more than one gun at a time? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. do they? You okay. can buy, yep, pretty much. All right. Um, the only thing you can't walk in and leave with the same day is there are a few guns that are like, um, you need like a a, a stamp for, so you gotta like submit to the ATF that you want to get this gun, and mm -hmm. then you wait. Because it, it might have something on like a silencer or it's like a short barrel rifle or something like that. So you have to wait. Basically, if you want a Tommy gun, <laughs> you got to <laughs> you got to like submit mm -hmm. like uh, this application and then it comes back and you can get it. So. All right. I, I thought because when when uh, Trump was president and things were going crazy and I, I would talk to my wife and I'm like, I, I was like, I feel like. I feel like we should have one, but we also have two mm -hmm. little kid, kids in my house. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously, you know, what well, if, if we were to have, have one, then we got to put it in, in this safe and this and that, like we would do yeah. everything we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's just, mm -hmm. it's so, because it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so nervous about it. Right. <clears throat> um, but I, I felt like, like, that's what I felt. And people are like, you know, it's, it's, it's not the normal this or that. I go for you, but I, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't tell me how to feel about certain situations. Like this is just how right. I feel. And I can, you know, I can't help it. Um, but it was just a, a it was like a nervous time. And, and that's how nervous I got where I'm like, mm -hmm. man, I, I feel like I should, we should have something here to protect ourselves. Um, yeah. I mean, just, you know, in theory, like the police are a reactionary force. If you feel like you want to call them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, even if you would call the police, you have to. They can't. They can't do anything until you call them. Yeah. So, in the meantime, between then and now, like you're on your own. So, you know, I mean, that's just kind of how it's set up. There is yeah. nobody to protect you, but you really. So, I uh, speaking of that, I've I've probably talked about on here before, but I listen to podcasts all the time, and there's just one Ooh. podcast where they talked about police and how. It's so crazy to me how legally they do not have to protect anybody. Mm -hmm. 
like exactly. me. And, and it's crazy to me. Like, and at first, when I first heard the episode, I'm like, what are they talking about? It has to be some crazy special thing or this or that. I'm like, no, no cop mm-hmm. has to do anything. And they've gone to the Supreme Court basically saying like, nope. Yeah, he didn't, he or she did not have to help you in that situation, even though your loved one passed away. I'm like, man, well, that's, that's crazy to me. Like everyone, cause on their cars, it says to protect and serve when on, in fact, they do not have to. Yeah. They should put a little asterisk on that motherfucker. Like to protect <laughs> yeah. the, when, when we feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, uh, in the two stories they talked about, they were, they were pretty insane stories to the point where it looked like, well, they have to do something. Nope. You're good. Well, it, like, here's the thing. I, I think that's bullshit, but when you, if you carry it out to its logical conclusion, mm-hmm. then I can see why they are under no duty to protect. Because think about it like this. That would basically be them mandating somebody to sacrifice their life for another person. Yes. So under the right circumstances, I can see why they might not. Like if it's a person being held hostage and it's like 10 killers with AR-15s in there, and you're the only cop, and you got a six-shooter. Yeah. You say, like, they have a duty to go in, and they have a duty to get killed, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, those bad eyes. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about lazy-ass cops who don't, who don't want to do their motherfucking job, but mm-hmm. I get it. Like, you know, when you carry it all the way to the its logical conclusion, I yeah. get that part. Yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah, that there is in the podcast episode they, they did spell out exactly how you get into a unwritten contract with a cop to say yes, come help me. But it was four steps, and one of the steps was like you have to, you both have to know basically what the other one is thinking almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the way to like yeah. get, you get through all these things, like, man, that's almost impossible to do all that. Stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that is a good point. You're, you're basically, like you said, basically forcing somebody to potentially lose sacrifice their life. Their life. I mean, yeah. you know, people, yeah. you can work any job in the world. I don't think any job should, uh, mandate that you sacrifice your life, even firefighters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I get it, you know, but like at the same time, it's like, people take those jobs knowing the risk, mm-hmm. right? So you assume everybody who signs up to do that job has made their peace with the fact that they might not make it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you can't, mm-hmm. I don't think you can really do something that dangerous without just being at peace with the shit, maybe not working out one day. Yeah. So, you know, cause you be all hesitant and scared and shit. So of course it's not going to work. You just got to say, I guess this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't. I I for like a hot second I thought you know what I could be a firefighter or a police officer, and then I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm glad I did. I wanted to be a. I wanted to be a police officer on January sixth. <laughs> oh boy! Oh, that's the only time I ever wanted to join the police. I was a bit, but shit, I did that shit for free. They did some of them. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was police down there, off duty, <laughs> out there rioting and, and pillaging and shit. That was crazy. You, you know, we've uh, I always see posts on Facebook on how uh, people our age have lived through a lot of crazy things, and yeah. we're just like, all right, well, we just gotta. It, then it's the house on fire meme. We're like, everything is fine. Let's go. Right, but how's we living through this shit? But it's still our fault. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, all these people that did all this wild shit, and we sitting here watching, like, man, that's crazy. But then you read some article by some old motherfucker, and they like, you millennials ruined the fucking world. Oh, shut the fuck up. There is, what, there is, uh, yeah. We just now got old enough to be president, motherfucker. I know. Like, <laughs> There is, you know we ain't running no corporations, so yeah, I don't sure. know what the fuck they talking about. This TikTok lane that I recently got into is like how out of touch boomers are with uh, with people um, and their jobs. Like the, the one I heard, the one I heard this morning was like uh, this woman was talking to the CEO or whatever of this company. You're like, well, people people will just come to work here. Well, well, what are we gonna offer them? How much money packages that kind of stuff? Well, they're just gonna work here because we're the best company. Like no, that doesn't that doesn't work. Like you can't. Uh, well, we'll give them this title and this. They'll go for these awards and this kind of stuff. Like they can't. Uh-oh. They can't feed their family on titles and awards. That's not gonna. They're right. not gonna send their kids to college on that. You need to pay people, and and uh, and you know, and it's everywhere. That's just. I mean, people are like, people are like, oh, people don't want no jobs. People don't want any jobs, or they don't want to work. Like, well, because you're paying them ten dollars an hour. Right. They don't want to work for you, motherfucker. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> It's it is uh, insane how eventually, right? Eventually, that pendulum has to swing, and and there's reports of like how how where boomers are at compared to people, and and how that that um, generation is dying off just because they're getting older. You know, eventually mm-hmm. it's got to swing, and and um, you would think uh, it would happen. You just want it to happen like right now, you know? And I right. and I guess it is with little things that are happening, but still, man, it's just. <laughs> It's taking too long, shit. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, man. You know, we got to do something because we're not guaranteed to make it. You see how this basically winter is over? <laughs> it's snowed for the first you know time. I mean? It's snowing like, right now today. For this the first has time. been, yeah. I'm, this has been some weird shit. This has been a weird winter. Like this is the first one in a long time where I look around. And I'm like, man, this shit ain't normal. Like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This I don't even argue with people who don't who deny climate change. Yeah, I don't even fuck, I don't even argue with them. I, when I find out, I tell them thank you. That way, I know I don't have to talk to them motherfuckers no more. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. Yeah, because I look outside, I see what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's for someone who I work for a park system, uh, and these past few winters, uh, I've, been, I've been a supervisor, so I don't like right now it's snowing. I got my guys in there um, cleaning up. It's not too bad. But in the years mm-hmm. past, I was that person, right? So now, now I'm the one sitting at home arranging things. You know, tomorrow I'll go in early to help remove snow because it's my regular work day. But I'm like, when I was them, I wanted as much overtime as I could get. Yes, snow, please mm-hmm. snow, so I get all this overtime. Mm-hmm. And now it's like it's it's doesn't not do anything. We just and my wife and I just went to Florida uh, two weeks ago, and I think one of the days it was the same temperature as it was here in Toledo. So like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right the shit is just random now yeah yeah and it's yeah you're right though like the the climate change to me is it just seems like an easy one to be like yep that's happening Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's a lot of those people who can't even people can't even argue people can't even agree on that motherfuckers argue about everything yeah yeah uh how, how did you feel speaking of arguing how did you feel uh i was loving life and it was just made me laugh when the when the House of Representatives couldn't pick a couldn't pick a majority leader, oh man, that shit was ridiculous. Oh, and now that everybody loses. Ill. Everybody loses mm-hmm. because he caved into those crazy the crazy super wing or super crazy mm-hmm. wing of the GOP. Hey, I stopped here. I've become 
so like politics in America is so motherfucking ridiculous that I don't even care anymore almost. It's just like it's gonna be what it's gonna be. I'm a I vote, but I don't get I I used to be really involved in that shit, like going really? volunteering and all oh, that. Oh wow, really? okay. uh, fuck all that. I ain't doing that no more. Now now, um, now is it you don't do it anymore because you saw like in your mind nothing like changed or because you were there you're like man i see some really shady stuff no well shit it's been a little bit of everything like yeah. it's so the stress that it causes is so disproportionate to the change that you can mm -hmm. affect as a person like as an individual person you know like depending on your political leaning like i'm i'm a liberal i'm pretty besides guns and a few other things i'm pretty far to the left right yeah and so yep. like i see all these things happening and it's the change is so slow and they frustrate it's so frustrated it's so hard to get anything done right yeah so i tend to focus more on like local and like state politics i think right. that's the you know that's those are easier ways to kind of get the ball rolling get things moving so the federal system, like other than voting, I don't really, I don't really do too much. That Kevin McCarthy shit was funny though, because I don't yeah. like him because he he ain't shit. Yeah, and it was I I like it when people I don't like suffer. <laughs> so it was good to watch him have to grovel. Like, why would you? I don't want nothing that bad to get embarrassed like he did to get it. Like what? Are you even in charge now? Like, yeah, okay, yes. you just speak, yes. but everybody just saw you just basically get embarrassed and humiliated for days. Now, all of a sudden, because you got a gavel, motherfuckers supposed to respect you. Like, yeah. that ain't how respect works. No, no, and that's you know, and he had the ability. He's the one who, or he, or I don't know who exactly, but the, the Republicans had the ability, or maybe maybe he did, to call the vote. Um, or to like basically say like, hey, do we have enough votes here? Like, what's going on? And to just like, and I love that the Democrats are like, no, we got to keep doing this, keep doing this. At one time, the the GOP was like, no, we, we're shutting down to the next day. But they were liking too, like, just vote after yeah. vote after vote, not happening. And here, here's the thing. Here's the thing that less that why it's to me why it's so fucking ridiculous, right? So if he was interested in being speaker, what he could have done was he could have formed a coalition with people that are in the middle on both parties. Yeah. Right? Handed them, they could have come to some sort of agreement where we can alternate bringing bills to the House and we vote on it. He didn't need to have to get, he didn't, he set it up where he had to get all Republicans. If he wanted to be in charge and actually have respect and actually showed that he was serious about governing, he could have made a deal with the Democrats where they share power, but Republicans still get the final say. They yeah. would have been open to that. But he had to stick to the party line, and so he mm -hmm. chose to allow himself to be humiliated. And now the now they want to allow smoking in Congress again. So it's that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, just the dumb... Just They spend their time on the dumbest shit. It's like dad yeah. and like bathroom <laughs> bills and like less whoever they don't like they spend their time passing bills to to harm the people they don't like instead yeah. of actually doing something yeah yeah that's 
Um, I'll, I want to shift gears, gears here because it's uh, it's interesting to me that you do stand up comedy. Um, mm-hmm. you said you've been doing it about ten years now, and are you are you still a lawyer too? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So those um, like a lot of times when you meet people in comedy, it's like, oh, I'm a I, I'm trying to be a comedian, but I work at a gas station, or I'm trying I'm to be a comedian. Oh, oh, there we go. Is that better? We good? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, like, you're either a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian, and I work at a gas station to pay the bills, or I work at this pizza place, or possibly, you know, in these companies doing these other things, you know. But like, for you mm-hmm. to to do stand-up comedy and to be a lawyer, like, how did how did those two come together? Like, how did you decide, like, hey, I'm going to be a lawyer and also do this thing? Well, I was a lawyer first. So- okay. Yeah, I got my law license in 2007. Where'd so you go to lawyer, where'd you go to school at? Uh Northern Illinois University. Okay. And uh yeah, I graduated from there and got my law license. And then I found comedy after that. So, you know, I've never been one, you know, I do it because I like doing it. I never really had much um you know, I, I never really thought of it as, oh, I'm going to do this full time, mm-hmm. you know, because I do it for a different reason. Like, I'm not trying to. What I'm saying is I ain't going to make it, motherfucker. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's fine. It's, so, so, so that, yeah, that, that could have been yeah. the first question, too. Like the, the nerding out thing. Like, that's what it sounds like. Like, hey, I do this to like because it's fun and to get away. And yeah. Then, you're right. Mm-hmm. OK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess technically. It. We could have, yeah, sure. We could have done. We could have talked about comedy if you wanted, because that's not my. It's not my day job. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not like my primary job. I don't do it for those reasons. I mean, I have albums and stuff, and I've you know done stuff, but it's never been like me trying to segue into do doing comedy full time. Yeah. I don't want to do it full time. I want to do it well. Sure. Was there There's plenty of people who doing it full time that don't do it well? Mm. So, was there ever a point where you was was there any time where you're like, I think I want to do this like full go here, and it just didn't work or didn't like fit mm. in? No, because every time I worked up to that, I, I thought about working up to that point. Some shit would happen, and I'd be like, Nah, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I trust my, I try to trust my instincts more, and it's like when you do art if you want to call comedy art whenever you do something like that as your source of income it'll force you to maybe make compromises that you wouldn't otherwise make Mm -hmm. because money's involved Mm -hmm. and so the type of shit i say on stage um you gotta figure out how to have different sources of income yeah so you know because hey you know, sometimes people don't like the type of shit you say. Sure. Are you ever worried? Are you ever worried that that will happen with your with your day job? Like, hey, something something you say or that do or will affect. What nah, because uh, I try to keep them. I try to keep them relatively separate. Like, I don't have too many jokes about what I do for a living or like that type of thing. Most of my jokes are, you know, other on other topics. Sure. And um, when I'm at work, you wouldn't even know I'm a comic because I'm I'm pretty straight laced. Like I don't really, you know, act up or nothing like that. I'm just yeah. a regular person. So 
you know that that happens to me too like i mean when people find out that i used to do it it's been probably five years now and they, they look at me like really i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know <laughs> i guess that's right. a good a good thing like you right uh, you want well, like, to be like i'm supposed to have a clown nose motherfucker <laughs> is that is that it I'm supposed to have a clown yeah. nose some fucking flower that's a water gun is that what you think <laughs> yeah but but it's a. Uh, I understand because because I was the same way. Like I have a job, I had kids. Like, but it was it was just fun. It was so much fun. Right. And, then, and then to meet people and you know to go to these you know this hookah bar at eleven o'clock at night or whatever mm-hmm. you know like all these fun. It's a good way to fun. travel too. Yeah. I've been I've been places. I've been a lot of places I wouldn't otherwise have gone if it wasn't yeah. for stand up. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you got paid, even if it was like twenty bucks or whatever? Yeah, that was man. Um, I did this show at Joey's in Livonia. This was, mm-hmm. I said, I started 2012. This had to have been 2013, something like that. Yeah. Maybe, let me think. I started July. No, I think it was actually late 2012. Okay. Yeah, I did this show. I made ten dollars. Yeah. Doing uh, I did I did five minutes and made ten dollars. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. So, man, that was dope. Yeah. Uh, I d- yeah. <laughs> Keith uh, Keith Bergman took me to a show one time. I was uh, the opener and the, the MC. And I think that was like um, 15 or 25 bucks. Um, but mm-hmm. I didn't have to drive either. So I didn't have to pay any gas, you know. So right, that was that all was cool. right to the good. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, the longest that I did was 20 minutes and I got a hundred bucks for that. I'm like, man, this is the best. And it was like, if, yeah. and I didn't care. It, I don't think it would have mattered. I mean, it, it, it did. The show did go well. Everyone did really mm-hmm. well, but I don't even think it mattered if it did. Like I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Shit, that's, that's good money. Just yeah, to talk, cause it's, cause it ain't like I got to do anything. Like, <laughs> like I don't have, like, it's not like I have to build something or like do like, yeah. real work like i just go talk crazy for a little bit <laughs> and then they give me money afterwards yeah. that's what i'm trying to like that's even that's even less work than this podcast like i'm trying to get paid for this oh, podcast yeah, see, eventually this, you, gotta we're just... edit, you gotta do all this other stuff and yeah. all this you know worry about different yeah. types of shit and no nah, man i just pull up just <laughs> insult people and shit and holler at them sometimes sometimes you get free food too mm-hmm <laughs> What is a um, what is one of your favorite places to go? And I think, I because uh, I know what it seems like to me is like that Max uh, Comedy Monday is like. Yeah. I, I never yeah. did that show, um, but I know just based on like how much you guys promote it and how it just seems like a really cool spot, place that you really you guys really like. And when it stopped doing it, like when when you guys like when it just didn't happen anymore, like it seemed like a, a really devastating thing to the comedy community. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. The first, you know, because we went away from it basically before COVID. Then we thought it was done, done. Yeah. Because we thought the bar was done. And then the owner of the bar called us back and asked us if we wanted to do it again. So um, it's just one of those things that kind of started from, from out of nothing. Like, you know, it's a Monday night. So most bars don't have much going on on Monday. So mm-hmm. when we started the show, it was just one of those things where it's like, do whatever you want, because we're not paying it. We don't really care. Like, nobody's in <laughs> here. So anything that we bring in is, is was a plus. Yeah. So we, when you're able to, like, build something 
with the freedom to do it however you want, it allows you to really create what it is that you want to create. Mm -hmm. Like there's nobody on the outside kind of like trying to influence anything because nobody cares. And so we started this thing and then we started getting regular people coming to the show to watch. And that's, that's the key whenever you have, because comics will go wherever there's a crowd. So whenever you have a crowd built in and people know that there's going to be a crowd, then people will want to come do the show. And because it's a weekly thing, you have to keep writing. Since I'm there every Monday, I can't continue to come back with the same jokes. So I tend to work on a joke three times. You know, I work on a joke for maybe for the longest for a month and that's it. I gotta have something new, you know, because I know the same people will be there. So uh, it forces you to keep writing and keep creating and stuff. So that's kind of the biggest, I think that was the biggest thing. And then another thing that made it, that made it really good is that it's a, it's a performance venue. So even though it looked like a fucking fallout shelter, <laughs> they had like pretty good recording equipment. Like I recorded my two albums there. Mm. My buddy Pat recorded his album there. So, and it was, you know, really done, the, the recorders came out really well. So it just, this was the right amount of circumstances. Like the right things kind of came together all at once. To, to make it pretty cool so yeah are are the i know for me even when i went to an open mic and they had like a stage with some lights like it, it just makes you feel more important or it makes you feel bigger than it is and you're just there for five right. minutes three minutes whatever but it just right. it feels bigger and i think it helps performers you know yeah i think it's it's uh close to the end product like whenever you start i would suggest people when, when they start doing comedy they go to the comedy club on the weekend because mm-hmm. that's what it looks like. That's the finished product. Mm-hmm. So like going to a, a place where they have the stage and the microphone and the lights is like, that's the finished product. That's kind of where you want to end up. So it kind of helps you to get ready for being in that type of situation. Yeah. That was my, my very first night was uh, the Toledo Funny Bone used to do open mics. So I okay. I had one. I was at the Toledo Funny Bone in, you know, nice. in front of whatever, 12 people or whatever mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Um, but again, like like it like if you can feel that one time, like it makes you want it makes you want to keep doing it or it makes you want to yeah. go. Or, especially when do it, man. Time. I think some people I think nobody does comedy for the first time and they're like, I don't know. Like either you <laughs> Either you like it or you like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Why did I do that? <laughs> you know? Or maybe even then you're like, why did I do that? You're like, I'm but... going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's weirdo shit. Like, it's it's yeah. a weird thing to do. Yeah. Are the uh, are the same people who, who started Max, are they still, are you guys all still running it? Because I know, I know for you, it was Robin Some of the Pat same people. And, and you yeah. and Pat, but. Yeah, so it's me and Pat. We're the le- we're the holdovers from the original five. Um, the other, well, one one guy, two of them stopped doing comedy. Another guy, he's no longer regular, but he's just now gotten back into it. Uh-huh. So, um, but we took on two other hosts. Okay, um, funny, very funny uh, comics. 
So they help us run it, uh, Megan and Jackie. So it's the four of us, me, Pat, uh, Megan, and Jackie. We run it. Nice. So. And I know it's it's super popular because when you guys put out for submissions, that there's a post that always says we got we got we apologize we got so many submissions. You know, some of you didn't make yeah, it, some we, of you did. And... Well, that's the thing. Like, man, we we are fortunate to to run a show that people want to do, right? So it's like you you never want to get if you got something that's popular, like you never want to get too big for your britches or get an attitude about. Like you have to quality control. Like you want to run a good show, yeah. But you don't want to get to the point where it looks like you like turn your nose up at people because that ain't cool. You know, we yeah. all comics. Everybody, you know, deserves an opportunity. But like, we have a show that people want to do, and so with that, we have to. We really do kind of. I don't want to say antagonize. Like, like we don't really. I don't want to say like stress over it. But we yeah. do try to put some real thought into the lineups, like making sure that okay. they ain't all just white guys with hoodies oh, and yeah. flannels. Like, yeah. you know, like everybody who submits, we want to consider them and try to make the best lineup we can make, you know? So, yeah, we're, but we're fortunate from that. This is a good problem to have. Sure. More people wanting to do your show than spots you have. That, that, that ensures for a quality show, hopefully. That, and it's not like there's six spots. You get, it's like, what, 12? 12 people? Yeah. Well, it's funny because the way we do it is like there's 12 people on the lineup, but then us four, we're there every week. Okay. And so then that really means there's eight people, eight spots. Okay. So that's like 32, anywhere from 32 to 40 spots if we have five Mondays in a month. Okay. So like, I think that was actually one of the first um, things that we did that kind of helped the show was to make people uh reduce the number of spots so mm-hmm. if you have 12 people tra- on the lineup there was a time when people would like no show like no call no show like they would be on the lineup and they just wouldn't show up so it was like, okay to get some sort of consistency we're going to make sure that these people you can every monday you can come and see at least these people yeah so people will show up that's how you get regulars because you're, you become predictable. Like you, they know every week you're going to see X, you know, these certain people. And then that also reduces the number of spots that you need to fill. Yeah. So that, you know, t- that handles some of your problems. So now instead of us having 48 spots, you know, when it was the five of us, now it's 28 spots. Yeah. So, you know, that helped. Do, was it always weekly or did you guys, you guys work up there? Um, since I've done it, it's been weekly. Yeah, because okay. it started, technically it started before I started. It started in 2012, but it was a couple months before I started doing comedy. So okay. the first time I ever did Max was Labor Day of 2012. <laughs> so it was the first Monday of September 2012. Yeah, It had started a few months before that. But it was, again, one of those situations where I showed up and then I think I wasn't there the next week, but then after that, I was there every week because nobody was showing up and I just Uh, started. So, you know, I'm like, I want to do every fucking show I could possibly do. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to come along at a time when they needed weekly performers. Mm. I know because that's to me, it seems like uh, 
I mean, it is a lot of work, but like, I know for this podcast and my other podcast I do with my friends, um, it's a dad podcast. So we started like, Hey, we're gonna do it once a month and just do mm-hmm. it, you know, cause it's fun. And they're like, Hey, you know, can you guys do it twice a month? And then we, you know, we up right. and now, and now we're weekly, but we kind of yeah. worked up to it. So it seems like, it seems mm-hmm. like it'd be difficult to like, Hey, we're just jumping into this. We're doing it weekly. We got to get all these people to do this, that, but I would imagine mm-hmm. that's when you figure out like, okay, well, like you said, people are dropping out or, you know, we need, we need four of us or five of us at the time, like to be here regulars, like just to get all these things, but it's yeah. like, trial by fire, I guess in that case. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, if you have people like the three of y'all, y'all got responsibilities. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like y'all got responsibilities outside of podcast situation, right? So if you have more than one person helping run a thing, then when somebody can't make it or you need somebody else to handle a certain responsibility, you got people to step in. Yeah. So the thing about comedy that's interesting is like, and this is this this is one of one of the things that kind of sucks about comedy is like you start doing comedy with your friends. But then the better you get, the less you see your friends mm-hmm. because they're out doing shows. Like, if, especially if y'all come up together, y'all both might be featuring for different comics and then you might start headlining different shows. So it's like you don't see each other as much because everybody is busy doing their own thing. Yeah. Um. So with that, it was good to have a show where you had multiple people running it because if something came up where somebody had to be someplace else, then, you know, some, we had it covered. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so are you, are you like happy with the level of, I know you said you, you're like, hey, I ain't going to make it, but like, is there still like certain levels where you are level where you want to get to, or are you just good now? Like, this is my level. I'm going to stay at this spot, maybe do albums every once in a while, still do my day job. Like, is this, or are you happy with where you're at? Or or maybe maybe even um maybe even your day job, you're like, hey, I want to aspire to do these other things. Yeah, I think I've had like a lot of things kind of re- like I lost my parents and and I lost my mom in twenty eighteen, lost my dad in twenty twenty one. And so when you go through stuff like that, it makes you kind of more thankful for what you have left. Yeah. So it's like I appreciate where I am now. And so, like, as far as levels and, like, my day-to-day life, I'm good. But I still have things, specific things I want to accomplish. So it's like, I don't need to get to, like, another, like, quote-unquote level. I'm more content with, like, where I am. But then there are, like, actual things I want to do. Like, I've done two albums my rule is for albums, I will only put out an album if I know it's, if I know that it's going to be better than my last one. So the ones that I put out are good. Like I got on Siri, I got on radio, on satellite radio, with my second album. Oh. So like, you know, it's good. Like I'm happy with both of those. Yeah. But I keep working on material and I'm the type where I just kind of dump everything after I've done it. So once I record it, I kind of just, it's recorded, it's out of the way, it's yeah. out of my head. So I there's an empty space there for new jokes and stuff. So that's what, I, you know, I kind of been working on that. Um, as far as shows, like, there are different places I definitely want to go visit. 
and do comedy and like I've been able to do I've been fortunate enough to do a lot of shows with comics and stuff and I can go visit yeah. and you know do those things but I don't know and, does that answer your question yeah yeah no because okay. it's it's perfect because you are like you said you're you're satisfied um or you learn to be satisfied more or just mm-hmm. be happy with what you want because since your parents passed away and um and I think that's important too like I think people I'm sure there's still like you said there's still goals and stuff you want to do and I think it's good mm-hmm. to have goals and good to like have places like I want to go here or do this or buy these mm-hmm. things or be happy with this mm-hmm. or whatever you know but it's also good to realize hey let's celebrate what I did do you know, let's celebrate yeah. that kind of stuff too. Because if you're just constantly like going forward, then so you can never be, then you'll never be happy sometimes, you know, you're just like, yeah, let's celebrate a little bit. Well, I started to look at like, because at least the way I started to look at it was like, don't chase your goals so much that it pulls you away from people you care about. Mm. Right. So, like, you know, you can go out. And sure, I can. You can hit the road and be on the grind and do all this other stuff. But like, at some point, you have to stop and think and look at the people in your life, and it's like, okay, these are the people I'm supposed to care about. These are the people that are, you know, important to me. Mm-hmm. How bad do I want this if it's going to take me away from them? Mm-hmm. So it's like you got to manage your expectations. You got to like learn how to compromise and make like different choices you know what yeah. i mean so yeah. i know that's it's tough though if you if you're somebody like i like to do stuff like i don't like to half-ass anything so if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna try to do it right so you know it's it's tough to walk that line sometimes but i think i, I think i'm getting better at it i think that's why i like i love doing comedy it was fun like i said meeting all those people going different places just telling jokes you know writing i mm-hmm. like writing but I think I shifted to kind of kind of your point, like my family that's around here, I kind of shifted more, stressing more to the stuff that I like to do around here, like coaching. And I get to bring my kids along with that kind of stuff. This, you right, know, the, right. the past two football seasons, my son was a water boy for the varsity football team. Um, nice. I, I'm coaching basketball, girls basketball for the first time this year. And my kids go to those games and they, you know, we get to watch basketball and, and hang out there. So I like, I love to do these things, but now the people I love can also be a part of this and, and right. be here and do things. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I appreciate you coming on here, man. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, again, man, thanks for having me. Yeah. Again, it's, it's these, I like the conversations with people I know, um, like we've met a few times, but then I get to dive mm-hmm. in a little bit more. So, so this right, was, right. was a real cool experience for me. Um, you're on Spotify too, right? How can people? What do people no, just? I pulled my shit off Spotify. Oh, did you really? I don't. Hell yeah, because they don't pay nobody. Okay, all right. My album is dope, regardless of whether or not people listen to them. So I don't okay. <laughs> like you can listen to them or not. They still the shit. Where but can if people you find? Li- you can uh, Apple Music. Okay. Uh, Amazon and Google Play. All right. And I think they might be on YouTube as well. But yeah, I pull my stuff off. Of, like, I will put my album on Spotify for a little bit, let people hear it. Then I take it off. Um, you know, so it, although somebody told me at one of my shows, my shit was still on there. So I got to call them back. Oh, really? Like, put them, take my shit off of there. <laughs> they pay people about, you got, you you get like a thousand listens and they want to give you a motherfucking uh, expired McDonald's coupon and shit. Um... So, so Spotify can people just, ain't shit. 
<laughs> so can people just search your name then? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Robert right. Jenkins. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll look for those and I can put links in the show notes to them too. Um, again, Robert, yeah. uh, best of luck with, with all your running shows and, and, um, you know, and, and any, uh, I, I, you're such a good dude, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. So, oh, thanks, man. So, thanks you know, what, whatever you you're, too, you're trying for, thank you. Thank you. Whatever you're striving for, man, best of luck in anything. And, and thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. It was a great episode. Robert's, uh, Robert's an awesome guy. We talked, you know, it, it's good just to have conversations. Again, like I said in the uh, end of the episode, someone I know uh, on a real base level. So, it's nice to, 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 to get into deep conversations with him. Uh, just just all around great episode. Uh, again, thanks to uh, Fort Max CrossFit uh, for allowing me to be in their studio uh, on a regular basis. And as always, thanks to Jake Paluski at realj, realjp.com, uh, a realjp multimedia. Uh, thanks to the Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, Cuttlefish Graphics, and Big Daddy Graphics for helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.